Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome back to <laughs> It's Not an Allegory to our listeners and Aaron, who's back in our, I was going to say in our recording studio, in a random classroom in our college campus that we took over. Our, our normal classroom is being taken over by people rapping. I was just going to say hooligans. Oh, that too. It's the same thing. Yeah. So, welcome back to It's Not an Allegory. Yes. I'm Pam. This is my wonderful co-host, Aaron, who, as usual, blessed me with coffee first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. which is a blessing in every way. Hence why I bless you with it. You did. Yes. That's how it works. Yep. You bless people with blessings. You don't bless people with curses. Oh. <laughs> okay. So, what we're drinking this morning is, um, well, I took a photo of the bag, and the photo's blurry, so we're going to do our best here. It's Columbia's uh, Alfonso's Passion. Sweet. I don't know what's on the bag. I don't. I, I've never seen this bag. You could be telling me the truth. I, I have no idea. Also, there's a problem here because the picture's blurry. I can't read it. Erin's glasses are broken, so she also like really can't read it. So we have no clue. I have it close to my face. I can see everything that's within like four feet of me. It's really good. And then everything beyond that is blurry and getting blurrier and blurrier and blurrier until it's just, until you're 15 feet away. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, yes. Yeah, so what, what do you think of this coffee? Pam? I'm enjoying it. It's really first, smooth. This is the first coffee I've had in a week. Oh, so, so good. this is a good way to break that. This is really nice. It's like really mm-hmm. nutty. It's mm-hmm. a really nutty cup. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I want to eat this with my breakfast. Yeah. It's a good wake-up cup, Specifically, but also smooth. like, we're eating pancakes this morning Ooh. for breakfast, and... This would be perfect with that. This would go perfect with bacon. Yeah. Yeah, maple bacon. Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Everything goes good with you maple bacon. Okay, I, I, I love my that. coffee black, but at home, I drink my coffee with a bit of cream, mm-hmm. just because it's the, it's the type we buy. Mm-hmm. This one would be really good with cream. Yeah. I know that sounds blasphemous to some people. I'm sorry. I do love black coffee. Don't get me wrong. Black coffee is superior. But a bit of whipping cream in coffee is also excellent, and no one can change my mind on that. Well, on that note, as I drank it, I have a carton of eggnog. In my oh, that would be so good with this. And my first thought was, dang, I want to put some eggnog in this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so if that tells you what the kind of coffee yeah, is, yeah, something that like with a little bit of something. Yeah. Just to, so mm. talk to Travis Johnston at Metal Art Coffee Roasters in Pamela, Saskatchewan here. Yeah. And get yourself some of Colombia Alfonso's passion. I don't know what the word is between Colombia and Alfonso's. I, I can't tell what it is. I'm sorry, yeah, Travis. No. We're we're letting you down here. But you'll figure it out. It's really good. You're functioning adults, right? Right? That's a weird way to describe me, but it's <laughs> fun. I, I don't know. I never know who's a functioning adult and who isn't. I certainly am not. Fair enough. Mm, fair enough. Oh. So, Pam. Yes, my friend. What is the worst book you've ever read and why? It can't be the Rupi Quar book because we already had a podcast on that. Yeah, I do hate that book. Inordinately. Okay, um, I only read three pages of it and then I put it down because it made me too mad. And it's Love Wins by Rob Bell. <laughs> and I told you you'd understand why I hated it as soon as I said it. I have it on my shelf. My goal is to get through it at one point. Did we um, do an episode on Rob Bell? No. 
should. We, we should. we should. We should just talk about why we hate Rob Bell. Well, uh, okay, no. Not like that. <laughs> why we hate Rob Bell's teachings. There we... That's better. Yeah. It's not... Closer. It's, uh... It's... It was rough. I ha- My goal was to read that, and then Francis Chan put out a book that responded to it, and so did Mark Driscoll. I don't actually love either of those people very much anymore. I like Mark Driscoll. I... He's Have not you, my favorite. Yeah. Like, he's not my okay. favorite. But Pam, people always disappoint. No, it's just like he's, like, he's not my favorite to begin with. Okay. I would just, like, well, I would rather li- read John Piper. That's just, I'd rather read John Piper than I'd Mark Driscoll. I'd rather read Driscoll, actually. Fair enough. And my favorite doctrine book I ever read was by Mark Driscoll. Mm-hmm. It was he's really good. Really excellent. Um, but. Okay, but Rob yeah, Bell book. Rob Bell. It was awful. Like, and I think part of it was just because I know people took it so seriously and believed it. But, like, yeah, I was reading, I'm like, this is utter nonsense. It is utter nonsense. I don't, I think he does drugs. Like, honestly. It just made me so sad. Like, I was going through so much of an emotional roller coaster in that first three pages that I was just, What was it about? Oh, I can't even remember. What was the book called? Love Wins. So, basically, it's about how, like, basically, how can a god who's good allow bad things to happen in the world uh, and hell and things like that? And so, basically, the end conclusion, if if, if God is good and he wants what's best for us, hell's not real. And so basically he didn't he's just allow like, here's my yeah. universalist yeah, argument. It was, it was really universalist. It's just a strainer. Yeah, it really hurt. It hurt real bad because yeah, it kind of minimized. The thing that bothers me about that is that it minimizes the effect that pain can have in a person's growth. Because mm. God didn't want that, and He doesn't. He well, like He doesn't want us to. He loves us. He doesn't want us to be in pain, but. You know, pain helps us grow. Discipline helps us grow. And he's just like, a loving God wouldn't do that to you. He wants no, us to be strong. A loving, like, a loving father disciplines his kid. Yeah. Wants his kid to be strong. Wants his kid to be strong. Not just safe. Yeah, and all the time. he's just like, yeah, no, a loving God wouldn't do that to you. This is all just Satan. So isn't Everything he saying, is he, Satan. so he's defining what love and God means. He yeah. thinks he knows. So isn't he then putting himself in the place of God? Uh-huh. He's saying, well, I know better than God, obviously. I don't know. Like, or is he just twisting scripture enough uh, yeah. that he thinks he's still yeah, being reverent? Yeah, I think he's still, he's doing that. I'm surprised he's still clinging to that. Yeah. Because, like, you, he should just abandon the whole shtick and just be like, yeah, I think I'm God. Because I would, I'd almost have more respect for him if he was just a blatant new age thinker, we are all gods kind of thing. Yeah. Where it's like, well, you're just a cult leader. Okay, well, I, that's one thing. Rather than he's pretending he's still yeah. Christian. Pretends he still loves the yeah. Bible and stuff. It just made me cry. My church is, I, I'll go out on my surfboard and I'll just Ugh. sit in the waves and just feel the worship. It's, oh, that's a quote, guys. That's a yeah. direct quote from Rob Bell. He it's actually why Pam and I are friends. We are friends because of Rob Bell. I, wa- I was watching a Rob, video, Rob Bell video and we bonded over how much it made us mad. Oh, it made us so mad. It, it was pretty awful. I hated that video. I did too. It was his his interview with Oprah Winfrey, which was disgusting, because like Oprah's already a cult leader and like an antichrist, an antichrist. I said, don't don't at me, people. <laughs> She's not the antichrist. She's an antichrist. Yes, very much so. Okay, say interviewing Rob Bell, who still claims he's a Christian. Ha! Huh. 
This, yeah. I shouldn't have asked you this question because now I'm all fired up about... In other news. Cult leaders. It, it put me on the same kind of trajectory as Rupi Quar of just anger and mm. frustration mm. and making me cry and also throwing things. I don't throw books. Unless you threw that book? It's deserved. I've thrown a few books in my life. I threw that one. I threw Ruby Quar, and I threw The Death Cure by uh, whoever wrote that series. Yeah. What was that one about? Oh, that's just the series, and uh, yeah, he killed my favorite character. Oh, okay. And I just it got really like it's a poorly no, written it wasn't book. A, or it was a really well written book, and I just got mad. Well, it had to be well written oh, for you yeah. to be that invested in a character that you throw a book because I he died. I was so sad because they made it seem like they were gonna save him, and then he didn't. That sucks. Just, yeah, but. My heart just shattered a little bit, but it's fine. I've recovered mostly. I talk about it in therapy sometimes, but it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) It was it was was a really well written book. It's probably one of my favorite novels. Oh, the ending of Mockingjay made me mad too. That whole series made me angry. I, I I do not love that. We had to read it in school, and I remember it was like grade six, and there was one chick in my class who was absolutely obsessed with them. She had read them like four or five times already. I was that chick. You went to Prairie View Elementary School? I was. No, I'm kidding. You're also younger than me. Yeah. Um, and she was so obsessed with it, and like, if anyone said anything bad about The Hunger Games, she was just like a savage beast. Oh, I bet. To event off to avenge her child or something like that. Like, oh my word, she took it so personally. And I didn't like them, but I was too scared to say anything. I actually love those books. Um, I think they're an interesting commentary on society. Uh, yeah, yeah. Especially with like if you see how we treat those books like in real life mm. and those movies. Basically, we've all proved her point in what she was writing. Well, because yeah, but not in the way she thought we would. No, in, no, in, like, how we treat it and just, like, we romanticize, like, the first thing everybody does with that book is choose which guy they want her to end up with. Oh, I, and I didn't do, I was thinking in terms of politics. Oh, yeah, well. Because she's trying to claim it on a, mm-hmm. on, on a far-right extreme. Yeah. She's saying those are the evil ones. When I see, in reality, the ones who act a lot more like the evil ones in the book are the ones on the far left. I mean... It was more a commentary and about are, apathy within the culture. Well, also, but the separation of people based yeah. on who they are, I think that's pretty relevant to our culture yeah. now because everyone's putting themselves into categories Maybe. and into boxes, yeah. and, and that's really... It was and a, it's an interesting Causing book. disunity and saying and, you're this way yeah. because you're in this one. Yeah, I don't it's, know. It's interesting. Same with, like, I, that one also falls into the Divergent, but I thought it was interesting because, yeah, even, like, there's oh, a song in it. Oh, don't talk about Divergent. Yeah, Divergent's a divergent. disgusting, disgusting mess. But, yeah, like, if you look at how even the songs that were in it, the first, like, there's songs about death and about mourning. And, and then the people music made, was yeah, cool. And then they turned I it into say. pop music and put it on the radio. Mm. And everybody was like, wait, what? That's not supposed to be that way. That, that song, like, basically, every, she proved her point about how mm. we will choose entertainment over... over People oh, that's valid. every time. That's cool. And I thought that I was I didn't like the books, but that's oh, yeah. that's interesting. Um, Hanging Tree is from that 
Yeah. Isn't it? I love Peter Holland's rendition of Hanging Tree. I just love that song. I say it that song excellent. all the time. Also, that's a movie that my dad and I really liked. And we would we would marathon that those movies. Wow. Yeah. I actually never watched all of them. I watched the first one. So I'm, I'm talking about mm-hmm. the first one only. Yep. Okay. The first one is also awful. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. no. sorry. I should have clarified that, that my opinion is, is no. short-sighted. Yeah. No. But. The second, like the first book is the my least favorite in the series. Okay. Um, it... It's more studying the stage for the other two. Mm. Um, you know what? I'd watch them with you because I know you wouldn't care if I was angry with them. I wouldn't care, and I think you would actually enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Like, also... Because, like, okay, I can appreciate the art of film. Yeah. For any film, even if I hate their politics. Yeah, and you know what? The art of film comes through more and more Yeah, in those. And, like, they also stayed so loyal to the books that, like, I'm someone who does pick apart things and, like... We'll get mad if things aren't in the book. The only things they sacrificed for the movies were things that were not crucial to the plot. That's nice. Like, they they took out some characters that would have arguably been important, Mm -hmm. but they it was more just they kept old characters in because there's new characters in the third book that just and old characters are gone, Mm -hmm. and so just for the sake of contracts and keeping things a little more clean. They just put old characters yeah. in the same part. And okay. that was really cool. I liked that. Mm-hmm. And it gave them a little bit more of a story arc, too, that I wish they gave them in the first I'm remembering now why I didn't really like reading the first book is because I found Katniss a very not relatable character. Yeah. And she really annoyed me. Mm-hmm. I was just like, why would you do things like this? This mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. No one thinks like this. And, I mean, maybe some people mm-hmm. do, but those people are not my friends because mm-hmm. they would drive me nuts. And yeah. I'd probably smack them at some point because they make stupid decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, sure. But, like... But she's also supposed to be an 18-year-old. Well, okay, in but, this life story. Yeah, yeah, but like being 18 and immature doesn't mean you're stupid. I've met some smart 18-year-olds. I've met mostly dumb 18-year-olds. Well, I've met lots of dumb 18-year-olds, but they didn't necessarily annoy me the way Katniss did. That's true. You know, there's a certain kind of dumb that's annoying, and that's more rare than like just the dumb that's like, oh, well, this is entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. that's, that's the majority. Mm-hmm. Anyways. We also are kind of dumb like that most of the time. Yeah. We're not much better than that. No. (laughs) I I appreciated it because I was like, you know what? If I was put in this kind of crisis, I don't know if I'd react any different, honestly. Except for I'd probably die first because I have no survival skills whatsoever. You have absolutely none. Yeah, you would die so fast. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. I'd be fine. I don't know what I would do. You, I think you'd, I don't know if you'd make it to the last two. No, no way I would. But I think you'd make it pretty far. Yeah. Like, I think. I know how to survive. Yeah, I think you'd survive, and I don't think you'd be able to kill anybody. Probably not. Unless so, they, unless they mm-hmm. attacked me first. Mm-hmm. And they, and so I, I think you would. Uh, which I would hate. And then I'd probably just be like, well, someone should come and kill me, because I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that would be where you go. That, that character. I think you'd be maybe top ten. Well, thank you. I don't, yeah. I'm going to take that as a compliment. I'd, I put you in the top ten. Fantastic. Okay. I, I think you'd also... <laughs> We've talked about Hunger Games. I so love long. the Hunger Games so I much. I know. That's not what this podcast I is know. about, though, Pam. Okay, sorry, listeners. We're, we haven't chatted, sat and chatted for a long time because we've been so stupidly busy. So you're just going to get all yeah. of us just trying to catch up on being friends again. So today, we're talking about books. Obviously. Not we were gonna, the Hunger Games. We're not going to talk about Hunger Games. We were specifically going to talk about books that have shaped us in the last year or so. Yeah. As a preface, like, we did this last year around this time. Yeah. Um, when we started the podcast. And, I don't know, we we like talking about books. 
No and kidding, huh? I know. You figured that it's out in the not... first 15 minutes that we talked? Well, we like talking about books. But and coffee. We, that's what this podcast started around, was us <laughs> talking about books and what we like about them and how they've shaped us. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I figured why not do a repeat kind of of like books specifically in the last year and a bit that have really shaped us a lot. Um, or just blessed us. Or blessed that's us. That's a good one. Yeah. So if, you, if you're into reading... Tune, tune your ears, turn your ears towards us and mm-hmm. listen and maybe you'll get a mm-hmm. recommendation for a book you haven't read yet. Mm-hmm. So, go ahead, Pam. Book. Oh, books. I read a lot. So many books. Lately. Um, tech, my first one's actually going to be a textbook. It's Worship Matters by Bob Coughlin. I was going to say that book. <laughs> I love that book. Anyways, continue. Okay, so we both just recommend it because it was really good. Excellent I, book. I was supposed to write a book report on it. Um, only on the first supposed six. To? Uh, well, here's the thing. I was only supposed to write a book report on the first sixteen chapters. I read the whole book. <laughs> the rest of the book's due next semester, so I'm really ahead of the curve. But for that thing and that yeah, thing alone. Yeah, for that thing and that thing only. But it was so book that it was so good that I literally just picked it up and I read it. Yeah, the whole thing. I read it last year for second year mm-hmm. worship leading, like mm-hmm. chapel teams. Um, yeah, it's a book that Lauren Geek mm-hmm. gets at all the second year ones to read. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent book. It, it's so good. Um, it really changed. Like Bob Coughlin, someone I really looked up to as a worship leader for mm-hmm. the longest time. Oh, he's really solid. Um, I really respect him, and yeah, he opens up the book by just talking about like how much he struggles as a worship leader and, like, his shortcomings. And I was just kind of sitting there like, wow, I really relate to this. And it just really made me realize that worship is a lot more than just what people hear. It's a lot yeah. about your heart. And oh, that, absolutely. It, it, it's mainly yeah. about your heart. And then people hear things mm-hmm. based on that and heart song. And that really impacted me mm-hmm. because, yeah, it caused me to want to enjoy worship mm-hmm. and not just do it. I want to enjoy it. So, yeah, that one was really good. Mm-hmm. Um I'm rereading Respectable Sins by Jerry Bridges, which, Dad, if you are looking for that book, um, it's in Pambrin right now. Um, <laughs> Does your dad even listen to this podcast? I don't know, but his uh, friends do, so. Oh, my. Yeah, close enough. Um, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I really enjoy that book. It definitely, well, I don't enjoy it necessarily. It's well written, and it feels like a punch to the gut every time I read it, but it's really good. It talks about sins. Like, we all have our idea of what sin is in the church. But respectable sins is, are the ones that we just kind of allow in the church. And the ones that kind of subtly sneak up. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we address the big ones, but we just kind of let those ones be. And we just see them and we come up with other words for them. And we just kind of pretend that they aren't there. And so, yeah. I really enjoy that one. I read Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. Well, I started it, and then my dad took the book. I was being lent the book. He took the book, and then he gave the book away because he loved it so much. He just wanted other people to read it. But you had borrowed it from someone? Yeah. That's hilarious. And so, yeah, I'm going through it again right now. You bought it? uh, I have it on Audible, Ah. and then, I'm yeah, I ordered a hard copy of it, Mm -hmm. so I'm waiting for it to come. Um, And then I also read... Gay Girl, Good God by Jackie Hill Perry, um, which was really good. It's really well written. She's a poet, and you can tell with how she writes because it just it's such a smooth book. Mm. It just flowed so well. Um, I love books like that. 
I liked that one. Um, Montgomery writes like that. Mm-hmm. I, I just love books that are so smooth to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read that one, and I read Born Again this way, which is also about LGBT issues in the church. Yeah. And um, I like them for two different reasons. Gay Girl, Good Co- God was about, like, more of a s- sudden change where she accepted Christ and then, like, just completely became a new person. Uh, Born Again this way talks about, like, goes right back to the garden and what mm-hmm. sin is and then unpacks it from there. And it talks about struggling with sins in your Christian walk, and it's really good. So, yeah, I read that one, and I really liked it. Um, I've been reading a ton of poetry books. I bought so many. I read Pride and Prejudice. I started it. I bought... My goal is to become, as some of you know from listening to this podcast, the pretentious English snob. And Chapters Every Month sells six books for ten bucks of classics. Mm -hmm. And once a month, I go and I buy six books for ten bucks. Nice. And oh yeah, mm. getting books. I, my my Christmas list that I put out to my family, mm-hmm. like I put I put out eight things on the list, and six of them were books. I just two of the books. things were for making coffee. The other two, yeah. So it was either coffee, coffee and books. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's family that pretty much sums up my life is coffee and books. Yep. Yep. I just I buy my own books now because I know what mm-hmm. I want and I know what I have. But. Yeah, it's been so nice. Like first years, like after first year. I felt really burnt out of reading books because mm-hmm. we just read so much and I wasn't used to it. Uh, and so I just didn't really read over the summer much. Uh, well, anything new at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like partway through the summer, I was like, okay, I'm going to read The Lord of the Rings again. So I read it all in like two, like, so people are like, oh, Lord of the Rings is such a long read. But once you've read it, it takes a couple mm-hmm. weeks because you just, you can fly through it. You mm-hmm. don't need to like harp on the can details. Can I just give a confession? They'll make you uh, smack me. Uh... I skip Tom Bombadil now. Huh? Why? Because it just drives me crazy. Why? Oh, I love Tom Bombadil. It's such an interesting part of the book where it's like, what is this? I love the mystery of it. It's one of the few things Tolkien never explains. I know. And I love it. It bothers me. Oh! <laughs> Damn! She just kicked me under the table. Oh, man. That makes me so sad. I don't even know what I was saying anymore. It takes you... Less time oh, less time to read it. it. And then over this summer, I got way more into, like, audiobooks, and I read a bunch of books. It was just, like, I got back in the rhythm of mm-hmm. reading a lot, even though I read a lot in second year. Yeah, it was just, it was really nice to read a bunch. Um, I guess it's my turn with books. Yeah. I don't have as many books as you did, at least that I can remember. Um, one book I really loved that I got at the book sale here in Pambrin, uh was Hidden Art by Edith Schaefer. Um, and I also got... Oh, what was it called? Genesis, Space, and Time by Francis Schaeffer. So, like, Francis Schaeffer, not everyone loves him. He's got, um, I guess, his end times theology. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I wouldn't fully agree with him on a lot of those things. And he's definitely a little more, like, on the liberal side than I am. Uh, but in terms of, like, creation and, like, all those things, super solid. Super solid. And he really loves Jesus. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll clarify that. You might not agree with him on every theological point, but in terms of gospel issues, mm-hmm. incredible man. Incredible. And he loves people so much, or loved people. He's dead now, isn't he? I think he's dead. Yeah, he's been dead for know. a while. I don't even know. Anyways, so Francis Schaeffer, uh, Genesis, Space, and Time, just going through creation. He took a whole book mm-hmm. to just go through three chapters of the uh-huh. Bible. So good. So good. Like, he just expounded so well and he talked about all sorts of theories and where people go wrong and like he talked about time and how 
basically kind of just landed. It's like our God is above and beyond everything we can imagine. Mm -hmm. And thus six days of creation, it's a small thing for Mm -hmm. him. And I just loved that. Mm -hmm. I was like, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So more people read this book. Um, and then for each day for Hidden Art, oh my word, I love that book. I, you were there when I got mm-hmm. it and I was so excited. Okay, because here's the thing. I was sitting in archaeology class and the new books for the book sale come out in third block on Mondays or whatever mm-hmm. it was. And it was third block on Monday and I, I could see out of the corner of my eye through the door a bunch of people it's just a bunch of vultures coming out all these new books. Erin says were... this as if she isn't a vulture when well, she has a Well, But these people were there when I wasn't. So they're all grabbing. I'm like, oh, man, they're going to take all the good books, all the books that I was looking for. And, I, and I, I knew it was a silly thing to do. But I was just like, okay, Lord, I know I have an unhealthy book addiction. But could you just leave one or two for me? <laughs> just one or two books that I, that I could read. <laughs> and I was like, you don't need to. I know it's stupid. Don't feed my addiction if it's bad. But here's how I know the Lord affirms my book addiction. I went to that book sale after class and there were two books. One was uh, Seventh Day Eventism by Walter Martin, who I love. I love Walter Martin. And I want, and I'd seen people who knew cult stuff and like love Walter Martin. And like the, the spine of the book was all marred up and Mm. stuff. So like you couldn't really tell what it was, but I, I was like, Oh, curious. And I opened it up and I was like, Seventh Day Adventism by Walter Martin. No one picked this up. No one saw who it was by. Oh my goodness. So I took that one. And then Hidden Art by Ia Schaefer. And I was like, ooh, Hidden Art. That sounds interesting. I love art. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to peruse this book. I read it in one sitting. Uh, it wasn't a long book, but it was talking about worship through like 10 different fat, like, I want to say factions after we were talking. Facets. Facets. Thank you. Facets of art. So, like, painting and music and clay work mm-hmm. and photography, like, all the things. And she talked about how worship ca- can be shown through all of these things and how beautiful it is to serve our God in practical ways through the arts, which anyone who knows me is like, ah, that's the perfect book for you, Erin. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so <clears throat> that book was excellent. It's sitting on my shelf, and I look at it, and I smile sometimes because it just makes me happy. <laughs> It makes me happy that the Lord affirms my book addiction. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, I don't know if you should call it an addiction if the Lord affirms it. So it's not an addiction. My book, obsession's also the wrong word. Obsession implies worship. Um, appreciation. Appreciation? That seems like too mild a word, though. Anyways, not important. Another book, okay, I, I've only read half of it, but it's also for, for chapel teams. It's, your, it's the third-year book, which you could read afterwards because you won't do third-year chapel teams. Um, Rhythms of Grace by Mike Cosper. Mm. Oh, so good, because he's going through basically the whole story of the Bible and how worship is seen through all aspects of it and, like, how worship was broken through the fall and, like, we were in perfect worship with, to God and, like, there was nothing separating mm-hmm. our worship mm-hmm. kind of thing and how we're trying to get back to that through all of our idolatry and our idol-making hearts kind yes. of thing is trying to restore that original worship that was perfect and how God made a way for us to worship yeah. him again in spirit and in truth. Mm-hmm. And I only got to like, it's only just like Old Testament's done, so I haven't even got to Jesus yet in the book. Yeah. Um, but excellent book, very well written, very easy to read. It was so good. Um 
another book at home in Mitford. None of these are like theology books. Really. Some of them are, but not really. I, I like reading novels and I like finding really excellent truths from novels by Christian authors. So at home in Mitford uh, by, oh, who's it by? Jan something. It's an audio is what I listen to. I listen to it um, by Focus on the Family Radio Theater which I've definitely talked about on this podcast before. Yeah, you're kind of obsessed. I'm kind of obsessed, just a little bit. Jan Karen. Jan Karen. It's so it's about this um, Episcopalian minister in this teeny little town called Mitford. And it's such a beautiful little book. And it's just, he's um, it's going through a year of his life where he um, he's trying to not take on everything and actually rest, in the, but not give up his work because he really loves his parishioners loves his people, and he's an excellent gospel minister. Like, don't love everything about the Episcopalian church, but this is an excellent Episcopalian minister. And his neighbor moves in next door, and she's an artist, and she really loves Jesus as well. It's just such a cute little book. It's just a lovely story about a small town. And and he gets a dog, and like, I don't know, it's just, it's just adorable, and it's very well written. So highly recommend if you just want to sit and relax at home in Mitford. It's very good. Uh, if one that's less, react, re- less relaxing... Excellent. I listened to The Hiding Place recently, again. Uh, I listened to it on my way home, or not home, way from, on my way back to school from home, from reading week. And uh, don't listen to that while driving. That was foolish, because I basically cried the whole way back, because it was just so hard um, to listen to, but it's so good, like a good kind of cry. Like, I was listening to that, and I was thinking, I was listening to, like, um... Corey and what's her sister's name? Betsy. 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 Betsy Tenboom. Okay, okay. I guess not everyone will know the premise of the hiding place. <laughs> it's about Corey Tenboom and her sister Betsy, and they hid Jews in the war, and then they were put in a concentration camp, and Betsy dies. Spoiler. That's ancient book, so it's not really a spoiler. Yeah. And then uh, Corey actually went on to help people after the war. She opened up a home uh, in Holland, where she was from. And it was like basically people who were hurt by the war would go and they would, and they would garden. That was their therapy, was they would worship and they would, and they would read the Bible. Well, they'd read the Bible, then they'd worship, and then they would garden. Okay. And eventually, she went to uh, Ravensbrück, mm-hmm. Ravensbrück, the concentration camp where her sister died. It was an extermination camp, and she went and she bought it. And she turned it into a home for people to be healed from the war. She took all the bars off the windows and put in window boxes full of flowers. Because that's what Betsy wanted. And like, oh, my Lanta. I, like, I, it, make, it makes me want to cry now. It, it made me weep. Mostly listening to Betsy because I was like, wow, Lord, I do not long to serve you the way Betsy does. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just so forgiving and just so full of the peace of Christ. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I don't have that. And I was just like very aware of my sinful heart Mm -hmm. and where I'm lacking. But it was excellent to cry out to the Lord in that and like, and just weep over the lost. Because how often do we take time to weep for the lost and the ones who are hurting and broken and the ones who do evil to us, who are also hurting and broken. And I just, it just filled me with compassion for the lost. And I struggle with that sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it was an excellent reminder to, why am I in Bible school? Why am I going mm-hmm. into ministry? And it has to be mm-hmm. to weep, for, like to 
take that weeping for mm-hmm. the lost and to turn mm-hmm. it into productive ministry mm-hmm. and to be useful to God. Wow, like made me weep and weep and weep. And I was like, I'm so much like Corey where I just, I can let anger sit mm-hmm. there and I don't want to forgive people and I don't want mm-hmm. to share with people. It's like, they don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, well, who am I to say that? So if you want to have some hard-hitting conviction, read The Hiding Place. Yep. Excellent, excellent book. I just also love, she redeemed that camp. Mm-hmm. She is such a picture of the gospel, taking a place that was so evil, mm-hmm. so full of hatred and malice, where so many people were killed for nothing. Mm-hmm. God's people, too, like the Jews, killed for absolutely nothing. And she took it and turned it into a place where people could find peace and rest in all the opposite, exact opposite, find life, mm-hmm. because that was where they were going to preach Christ. Mm-hmm. It's just, huh? Ah, chills. I love it. Love it. Yeah. And. <laughs> I guess, in a follow-up to this, um, I've been reading, we've been reading Revelation Mm -hmm. in class, Mm -hmm. um, which is a whole ordeal, um, and I've been really enjoying just going through Revelation with all of my colorful pens, because I have (laughs) 25 (laughs) different colors of pens. (laughs) <laughs> and just highlighting and underlining and circling. I would I would just going criticize through. you, but I do the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Although I only have three highlighters. I also just have an inordinate love for stationery and pens and office Really? Supplies. No kidding. I had no idea. I s- shot the Staples as my favorite store. heavy sarcasm, by yeah. the way. If, uh, one of my favorite things that people could give me would probably be a Staples gift card so I can go buy pens. <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. I love staples. You're looking to bless Pam. (laughs) It makes me happy. Um, Yeah, and, like, it's been cool. Like, you know, we're talking about books that are really shaping our walk with God and reminding us of compassion for the lost or sins in our own life or just Mm -hmm. how um, just Christian living. But, you know, we're here to learn about Scripture. Mm -hmm. And reading Scripture has been something that I've been really blessed by lately, like going through Revelation, I don't know how many times, um, and going through the prison epistles specifically. Um, it's like really, Ephesians, yeah, Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians. Philippians, Colossians. Yeah. Um, by the way, for those who are not in mm-hmm. Bible school. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh-huh. Basically any epistle that Paul wrote while in prison. Um, and I've been really encouraged and blessed by that a lot. I think that, yeah, as much as we talk about these books, they are written by man. Mm. And the word of God is going to do the most shaping and has mm. done the most shaping. Mm-hmm. So that's really encouraging. Yeah. At the same time, it's so encouraging to see how people will write mm-hmm. after they've read scripture. Mm-hmm. Like these, like all of the authors, nearly all of the authors we've mentioned, mm-hmm. ones who love Jesus. Except and for Rob who, Bell. Except for Rob Bell. And what's her face who wrote Hunger Games? Yeah. 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 Anyways. Anyways, not those people, but people who definitely have a deep love of scripture mm-hmm. and you can tell by how they write mm-hmm. is, it's it's definitely part of an act of mm-hmm. worship, I would say. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, it's a blessing to be blessed by other people in the church like that. That's why, well, church, ah, Bible should be your primary reading, mm-hmm. but the secondary reading is also excellent, mm-hmm. you know, when it's shaped by scripture as well. Yeah. You can really, like... 
the reason I read Rob Bell and who knows what else I read. I read a lot of garbage, I'll be honest. You do. I read it like Rupi Quar. Yeah, enough said. Yeah. But like the thing is those help like especially like garbage theology books help you understand Mm. where people went wrong. Yep. And then reading books on cults. Yeah. Also helps you understand where people went wrong. Like Oh, Screw Tape Writes Again. That was one I was gonna Ah, mention. That's also by Walter Martin. Um, if you know Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis, mm-hmm. uh, that's one of my favorite books. But Screwtape Writes Again is a sequel that Walter Martin wrote, specifically focusing on how demon um, influence mm-hmm. influences cults. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be so good. Oh, it's so good, but it's like still like Screwtape writing mm-hmm. to Wormwood, and it's just nice. Walter Martin does an excellent job of it. So yeah. also highly recommend. I still have it. I'm not quite finished. I'll get it back to you soon, Kevin, I promise. <laughs> I borrowed it. <laughs> it's been sitting next to my bed, and I keep thinking, yeah, I'm going to read a bit tonight. And then it's like, <laughs> like, well, I'm going to work on papers and yep. read books that I have to read for school. Yeah. It happens. Soon. Soon I will read books for fun again. On a more fun note, I remembered another book I read oh, recently. Yes. Yes. I'm reading My Inventions by Nikola Tesla. It's an adventure. Huh. Well, that's not a Christian it's, book in the slightest. It's not. It's interesting. It's very interesting. Did he do drugs to get his inventions? No. Ideas? No. Who was that? Never mind. I mean, Probably he lots have, of people. But he, uh, he got random inspiration hmm. from things. Is any inspiration random? Uh, it wasn't random. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of speculation that it was demonic. Probably did drugs then. No, he had mental illness from the time he was a kid. It's an interesting read. It's also just like so sad because like he had all these great inventions and then they all got ripped off by other people. So like he was just like, he made... Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Sorry, something in my throat there. Edison and whatever that guy's name is. There was like in the electric... No, oh, what's his face? Whatever. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, what and like how he had all these inventions for clean energy and like ideas for how to produce electricity and all these people, but he wanted it to be for free, so he didn't patent them, and so other took people took them and, and patented, patented them. them, and then he was left with nothing, <laughs> and it was his invention. So yeah, I actually love reading about Nikola Tesla. I think he's a fascinating human. Um, yeah, so I bought those. Tyrell. I think it's very foolish that yeah. he didn't patent them. Yeah, I know. I understand it was from, it was a, from, it was from yeah. a compassionate place, but he, that's a yeah. severe misunderstanding of human nature. Yeah. And he should have just patented yeah. them. Yeah, he should have. Yeah. Very but, stupid of him. Yeah. Brilliant man. Brilliant man. But also very Incredibly stupid stupid. And like, Tyrell, my fiance, and I went to the chapter. <laughs> chapters and bought a ton of philosophy books so we bought like chinese philosophy ancient greek philosophy roman philosophy oh roman like, philosophy would be oh interesting. my goodness we bought a stack see, i would love that to like and greek and roman would be so interesting to see how it influenced mm-hmm. like what paul was addressing mm-hmm. in his letters oh man it's my parents laughed because like we said we were going to chapters and normally i come back with a stack of books from chapters but like we're talking classics like dracula pride and prejudice Moby Dick. No, Tyrell and I walked in with 20 books of philosophy and psychology. And it was so much fun. That's amazing. I need to take you to Saskatoon Symphony Orchestra book sale over the summer here. You got to come visit me. 
in Saskatoon because it's a huge book sale where books are probably five bucks or less. <gasps> and like thousands of books and records, tons of records. Um, and classics and literature. And there's like a huge section of Christian works. Um, that's where I've gotten nearly all of my Dickens books. Can I get more Shakespeare? Do you think? Probably. That's Excellent. where I got you that copy of King Lear. <gasps> a beautiful hardcover copy of King I Lear. I love King Lear. I know. And I know she loves King Lear. Hence why I bought it for her. Because I was at that book sale and like it was maybe $2. And it's a beautiful book sale and it supports the Saskatoon Symphony Orchestra. So I am willing to support that. That's excellent. I love music and I will support musicians because we're all starving. So in case you didn't get this, we're, we love we're books. We're definitely nerds. We love coffee and we, we love, love Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> and that's what you, that's all you need to know about the podcast. <laughs> you got some good book recommendations and if you were lost well then go read more books that's on you that was a little pretentious but i like it <laughs> i'm not i'm not being serious anyway but be blessed in the most chaotic way possible and enjoy your coffee